I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> Kia ora and welcome to the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I am your host, Jordan. I am mum to two beautiful little boys, Jai and Ali. I also host the Your Birth Project online hypnobirthing course and the Mini Kiwis First Aid course for parents of under five-year-olds and I have an online store attached to Your Birth Project which encompasses everything pregnancy, birth and postpartum related so just absolutely love that side of the business. I'm also a very, very passionate storyteller and a lover of all things birth so hence why I am leading you on this podcast. I'm not an advocate for any particular type of birth or model of birth care. I am simply here to hold space for this platform for you to share your beautiful stories with us all. You'll hear stories of joy, of heartbreak, of love, of loss, and each family has a different experience to share. I'm trying to bring to light stories that we often only tell in the darkest of places or to our closest of friends, but really are so important for everybody to hear. So I hope that you love the podcast of these beautiful families all over Aotearoa and I will let you jump into the podcast now. Enjoy. Hey Danielle, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family? Yes, so my name is Danielle and I have a partner named Chris and our new daughter named Millie. Uh, we live in Auckland in New Zealand, um, and I am a graphic designer, and my partner runs um, motorsport events. Oh, awesome. Very cool. And do you want to talk us through what the journey was like to pregnancy for you and Chris? Yeah, so um, basically we we weren't trying to get pregnant. Um, I sort of just came off the pill um, oh. in plenty of time to sort of get my body ready, um, and it happened very quickly. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, so I think I had maybe two periods before we got pregnant. Um, yeah. So I sort of wasn't really expecting um, expecting anything and was having quite irregular six-week sort of cycles um, and got to about that six-week mark and thought, oh, I better check just in case. <laughs> and, um, yeah, was pregnant. So that's, yeah, how, right. that's how we found out. That's completely <laughs> unexpected. Um, yeah. And I sort of just – wasn't really expecting it to happen so I sort of just popped into the bathroom and thought oh <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah, yeah just went and told Chris and he was like oh okay <laughs> yeah so yeah, yeah. Bit, of a, bit of a surprise but a good surprise yeah cool awesome and did you have many symptoms around that time or did you get many symptoms in your first trimester no so I was uh about six weeks when we found out and all I had was sore boobs which Sort of wasn't unusual anyway, um, yeah. but no other symptoms at all. Mm, but, um, <laughs> yeah, at the time. Um, and then I think about week probably seven or eight, um, they started to come in and I just got sort of 
violently hungover for about three weeks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was pretty much all my symptoms really was just the nasty hangover um, <laughs> for a couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And did you go with a midwife for your care? Yes, we did. Um, so we uh, went on Find My Midwife and found someone that we thought looked quite nice and sort of sorted that out with her. But being COVID, we didn't actually meet her straight away. Um, we sort of had a, a Zoom call with her. Yeah. Um, and then we had a bit of trouble with our midwife, actually. So she um, she had a, some sort of family emergency and stopped doing midwifery. So we actually lost our first midwife at about oh, no. 12 weeks, I think. Um, yeah. So then had to find another one, and she was awesome. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so got one in the end and didn't actually end up meeting that one until we were about 20, 22 weeks, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it was all just done over, over the phone or Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. And what sort of testing did you choose to do? Did you do all the standard testing, including the sex, or what were your thoughts there? Yeah, so we did um, just all the usual blood tests and all the yeah all the things that you get done, and then we also decided to do the NIPS test. Yeah. Um, so we did find out the gender at ten weeks as well. Yeah, awesome. Were you hoping for a boy or a girl? Uh, no, we didn't have any preference. We were happy, yeah. um, happy for either. I think, um, yeah, first baby, you're sort of just happy for a healthy one, so we weren't yeah, too bothered. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Cool. And what about like antenatal classes? I know that you said it was sort of COVID lockdown times. So did you do any antenatal classes or any birth education? No, we didn't. So um, most of my pregnancy was through um, the red um, red alert level and mm. I wasn't vaccinated. So I couldn't actually go to anything Yeah. Um, like in person. And I didn't really want to do them over Zoom. Yeah. So I we just didn't um we didn't do it. All we did was um the Kiwi birth oh sorry, the your birth project course. Oh, I loved it. It was awesome. Like that was quite good for me, um, to sort of go through it myself and watch all of it alone and then I went back and sort of picked the parts that I thought my partner would um benefit from. So that was really yeah. good. Yeah, awesome. Cool. And did you have much of a plan like around your birth or how you thought you wanted your birth to go? Yeah, so I sort of um my dream birth was to have a water birth. Um, so I was sort of hoping for that, but also very open-minded to anything that was going to happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. So basically that was, that was the, the goal, but um, happy for anything really. Yeah. Yeah. And did you do anything in preparation for your labor and birth, like antenatal expressing or drinking any of the teas or perennial massage, anything like that? Yeah. So I, I was 41 weeks when I had um, Millie, so I was sort of yeah. trying everything from about 38 weeks, I think. So I did um, I did the raspberry leaf tea, did heaps of curb walking, but sort of on only one leg because she was sitting kind of funny to yeah. try and bring her bring her into the perfect position. Um, and then I also did a little bit of evening primrose, but not really too much. Um, yeah. And what else did I do? Oh, and I ate lots of dates and all the all the eating eating things that you could do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool, awesome. And do you want to talk us through if your labour started spontaneously or what sort of happened around your labour and how far along you were, all that sort of stuff? Yeah, so for um, for our 
labour. Um, I was 41 weeks, and the midwife said we should go and have a scan done just to check that she was still growing and everything was all right. Um, yeah. So at 40, 40 weeks and six days, I went and had a scan in the morning, um, and everything was looking okay. I thought, oh, yeah, like, you know, she's she's all good. She's still still getting all her goodness from the placenta and all that was fine. Um, but her growth had slowed a little bit, and I did see that on the chart, but the, um, the sonographer doesn't really say that to you. They sort of mm-hmm. wait for your midwife to explain things. So I got home thinking, oh, yeah, that was fine, like just hanging on for a little bit longer. Um, and then the midwife rang us um, after the scan and sort of explained to us that she had slowed in her growth um, from the last scan. Um, and that the hospital was likely going to want to induce us in the next few days. I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, but it was also Easter weekend. Um, so I think it was yeah Easter Friday. Oh, the Thursday before the Easter weekend. Yeah. Um, so she said, I'm just going to give the doctors a call and then um, I'll get back to you. And I was like, okay, cool. Just sort of hanging around home. And then she rang back and said, um, oh, what are you doing right now? <laughs> the hospital's <laughs> expecting you. So we sort of... Um, quickly had some lunch and then headed on in for induction oh, wow. yeah yeah <laughs> so it's a bit of a sort of shock but also a bit, a bit like okay it's happening oh right now God, that would stress me out how are you <laughs> feeling <laughs> uh, I was okay I think you're sort yeah. of already overdue so you're kind of just yeah. waiting anyway um for it to just happen so we sort of yeah had our lunch and grabbed the bag and headed down to the hospital probably within yeah. the hour yeah awesome. um yeah so was a, was a bit of a shock, but also yeah, just thought, kind of yeah. what you're expecting, I guess. Yeah, yeah, cool. And do you want to talk us through um, so the induction process and what sort of happened from there, and then into your birth story? Yeah, so um, once we got to the hospital, um, sort of got straight into the birth room, and um, we had the mysoproctal induction. Not sure if I'm saying that correctly, but the yeah, little. The little powder in the um in the liquid. Um, so I had my first dose of that at uh, I think about one thirty. Um, and I was already having like little contractions on the monitor, but I had quite a lot of Braxton Hicks through my pregnancy, so I sort of didn't really think anything of it. Um, mm-hmm. and we sort of got out and went for a walk after the first dose, and I said to Chris, "Oh, I'm like feeling a little bit um like clenchy and sort of intense Braxton Hicks. I think like I don't think I'm having contractions." And then we kept on walking, came back and. They popped me on the monitor again for the next round, and um, the contractions had gotten a little bit bigger, but still nothing too crazy. Um, and then, yeah, just carried on with the the doses of the mysoprostol until um, we'd run out, which was the full eight doses, and that was at about 5.30 in the morning. Um, and my contractions were sort of just ramping up from there um, with every dose, which was good. Um, not a lot of sleep because <laughs> you're sort of just sitting there. <laughs> waiting to get woken up again um if you can sleep at all um and then yeah so I had my last dose at 5 30 in the morning and by about 6 30 ish I was having pretty intense painful contractions that were long um they're probably lasting over a minute so I started to pop them um into my contraction timer just to see what was sort of going on um and then probably about an hour after I did that um my waters broke so I was sort of just sitting on the bed and felt a bit of a pop and I said to Chris, oh, I think my waters might have broken. Um, so I got up and had a look, and sh- sure enough, they had, which was good. Um, yeah, so then oh, – sorry, I just got a baby making some noises. That's okay. Um, <laughs> She's more than welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, so 
my water's broke. And then I sort of um, had quite a lot of um, blood when my water's broke. So I called in the, the midwife just to double check that that was all okay because I had no idea what was what was going on. Yeah. Um, and that was fine. Um, I think it was just a bit of a, a late um, show because I didn't have a huge one before that. Um, yeah, and then from there it sort of just got pretty crazy. Like my um, contractions sort of kicked off um, pretty quickly. And I decided not to have any major pain relief, so I didn't want the epidural. Or um, I also got offered, I think, morphine um, that I didn't take either because I didn't want to be constantly monitored and hooked up to the machine mm. the whole time. Um, I wanted a water birth, and they said, given it was an induction, um, they don't like to do it, but if everything progresses okay, they might let me get in, um, which – didn't happen in the end, but um, I was still happy not to have um, the epidural and be sort of stuck to the bed anyway. Um, yeah, so then from there we sort of um, just kept labouring away. I was sort of um, mainly standing or leaning over the bed. Um, I sort of kneeled on top of the bed and just hung my body over the edge. Um, that was quite good. Um, we used the gas and I had a couple of Panadols. And then um, got quite painful around sort of the 11.30 mark. Um, so I thought I'd ask for a check and see how far along I was. Um, so the midwife came in and checked me, and I was five centimetres, which was awesome. So I've been not to get checked and be <laughs> one centimetre or not much not much along for the pain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she um, – then she called in my, my midwife, and she came in, and um, things sort of started to ramp up a lot, and I was getting in quite a lot of pain. I got checked again at about 3.30. Um, oh, no, it would have been 3.30. It would have been a little bit before that, I think. Um, and I was 9 centimetres, which was awesome. Um, and then after that check, I sort of started to feel a little bit pushy. And I sort of told the midwife. Um, but I didn't really, I guess, understand that if I started pushing at that point, my timer was starting. Um, uh, yeah. for, the, for the, you know, the sort of like two hours that you've got to push. Yeah. So, um Started started kind of pushing, but probably could have pushed a little bit harder had I have known um, knowing that was going to be yeah. a sort of two-hour cut-off mark. Um, so I ended up pushing for two hours. Um, with She sort of came down but didn't quite come far enough. Mm. She's, getting, she's getting a little bit stuck. Um, and she was okay. Like she, Her heart rate and stuff was fine. There's no worries about any of that. So, yeah, so they bring the doctors in, um, and I sort of got – a little bit panicky, I think. Like, I sort of knew um, what all the options were. Like, I'd done my research. I knew what could possibly happen. But I kind of thought yeah. that they were coming in to get me for a C-section, and I really didn't want one. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, like, the, the doctors are coming in to take me away for the C-section. Like, I've got to push really hard to try and get her out before they come in. Um, so, yeah, my whole labour was awesome. Like, um, everything went really great, and I felt really in control and, like, breathed everything really well and used all the things that I used in the course and like felt quite happy that I hadn't used the pain relief and thought okay cool I'm nine centimeters she's about to come out um and then yeah pretty much the minute that two hour mark um came through and all the doctors came in my birth just went the complete opposite and it was quite stressful like pretty traumatic mm. and yeah everything just really ramped up and all these people walked into the room and I was like oh my gosh <laughs> um, yeah. yeah so it got really intense really quick um and then they came in and 
decided to try to use the Von Turst to get her out, um, yeah. which was horrific. Um, so I had the, I don't know what it's called, but there's like a, uh, a metal version and a, I think a plasticky kind of version. Yeah. Um, so I had the metal, the metal version with the big machine next to it. And, um, the obstetrician came in and tried to get that in, which was, wasn't actually very easy. Um, so I had a episiotomy as well, which I think she had to cut twice because the first cut wasn't long enough. Right. Um, yeah. And then, so they tried Vontus three times and on the third time it actually flew out. <laughs> so good. I sort of, yeah, I had my eyes closed for most of this, um, but I happened to open my eyes around the time the last Vontus was um, yeah. trying to get done. And yeah, it actually flew out and it hit the um, little, air machine (laughs) and I was just like oh my gosh yeah yeah so that was that was a bit horrific um and then she still wasn't coming out and she was getting quite swollen um and quite stuck so they tried the forceps um they're quite long (laughs) long metal ones the really big ones they look like salad Um, tongs I reckon the big long yeah yeah they do yeah that's exactly what they look like yeah. So yeah, they got they got those out um, and got her head out, and I was like, oh great, okay. Um, it was quite funny. My partner um, was sort of just looking at me the whole time. He's not um, he's not great with all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. just didn't really want to look in that direction. Um, yeah. But he said he said to me after the birth, oh, when um, her head came out, she was covered in furnace. He thought it was the placenta. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> I was like, no, no, that was that was her head. <laughs> yeah, so um got the head out and then um they sort of said, Okay, it's there. Um now you just need to get the shoulders and all the rest out. I was like, Okay, so um did that and she came out but um they sort of pulled her out and she was a bit stunned from obviously everything that had happened to her. Yeah. Um so they popped her on my chest for gosh, probably ten, fifteen seconds and then pulled her straight away. Um yeah. So I was sort of just lying there in shock, to be honest. Um, yeah. And they just took her over to the table and did a little bit of um, a little bit of oxygen for her. And her um, the back of her head had a very big blood blister on it from the Vontos. Yeah. Um, so they were a little bit worried about that. Um, and it had a little bit of sort of bleeding under the under the skin, and it was very swollen. So they um, they took her straight to Scubu, basically. Um, yeah which was uh, quite intense. Like they sort of said, yeah. oh, did you want to have a quick look at her? And I was kind of like, uh, like I just want her to be okay. So yeah. I sort of had a quick, yeah. quick look in the, um, in the little um, incubator thing that she was in and then they just wheeled her away. Um, and, yeah, so it was a very intense half an hour of her, yeah. of her delivery. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you sort of went from being like pretty – not relaxed, but like you know, yeah, happy as yeah, happy labor, yeah. and like you know, you're pushing, but you're not sort of, you know, not, not expecting um, too many changes, and then all of a sudden, within half an hour, you've got all of these different interventions happening all at once. Yeah, just yeah. flipped the switch, and it just yeah it was a completely different birth to what it would have been. Yeah, um, had she just come out happily. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like it was like well explained to you, and like you understood all of your options and? Um, yeah, I guess how do you feel when you think back on that part of it now? Um, pretty traumatised, to be honest. Like, it, yeah. um, 
I feel like I did my research really well, so I sort of knew everything that could go on. But if you didn't, yeah. um, it would have been pretty horrible because I didn't really get asked about any of that stuff. It sort of was just like, yeah. we're doing the um, we're doing the Vontos. Oh, I just did an episiotomy, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> it just wasn't really um, explained, and I didn't realise it was such a rush. Like, I thought yeah. like she was fairly stable. Like, she was a little bit squashed, but... I didn't realise it was such an emergency. Um, yeah. So they sort of just started doing all this stuff to me and I was just like, oh, my God, um, like, wh- what is going on? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was a bit a bit traumatic, but um, mm. glad that she's, she's okay. So yeah, that's the main thing. And you didn't have any pain relief either. Like, did you feel no. everything, you know? Like, what sort of, I guess, um, what were you doing in terms of trying to manage the pain when they were doing all of that? So I had the gas, but I found the gas. I sort of had my first puff when I first got given it when I was in mm-hmm. labor. And I thought, oh, this is good. Um, and it was yeah. quite like quite a quick hit of just lightness. And then yeah. after that, it did absolutely nothing. Yeah. So I was sort of just using it as something to do, I guess, rather than um, yeah. it actually giving me any relief. Yeah. But I think um, when I had the episiotomy done, they give you like a local anesthetic, I think it's called. I can't remember what the, what the name of it is, but they sort of give you a little injection so that you can't feel them cut you, basically. Yeah. So I had that, and that would have been about it. But I think I was in so much shock, I didn't really know what was what was going on, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll sort of get, we'll cover, um, I guess, a little bit more about how you feel about your birth soon. But in terms of what happened next, so she went to Skibu, um, and did you go down there with her after you needed stitches? Or, yeah, what happened next? Yeah, so after um, they sort of said that she was going to Skibo, I said to Chris, um, like, you go with her. I've got to get stitched up. I'm just going to be lying here for God knows how long. So he went <laughs> yeah. off with her, um, and I was sort of lying there waiting. Um, but I had – so I had the episiotomy scar to be um, stitched up, and then I also had a really high internal tear. So it was, like, nearly at my cervix. Mm, okay. um, so that was quite hard for them to stitch up. So they had to go get some other – thing from somewhere else in the hospital to do it so I was sort of just lying there waiting for quite a while to be honest um and then they got they got that done in the end um got all stitched up and then my um my midwife had another lady in labor at the same time so she popped next door to go and um sort that one out um and I just had her backup midwife who was lovely and she helped me into the shower and sort of got all cleaned up and popped me in a wheelchair and then I went down to um Skibu to see her um so when we got there it was quite awful to be honest so she had like a she had a big splint on her arm and um just looked very like I don't know covered in all the wires and all the mm-hmm. things and I was like oh my gosh I just sort of thought it was going so well and then she ended up um like that and she only had a bit of a swollen head so it wasn't the Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Worst that could happen, but it was pretty, 
pretty yeah. confronting getting wheelchaired in there and thinking, oh my gosh, my poor little baby's yeah. just yeah. stuck in there. And um, yeah, so we sort of just went over there and spent a little bit of time with her and sort of held her hand. We weren't allowed to actually hold her. Um, so I didn't get to hold my baby for, gosh, would have been about 12 hours, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so um, we just left her in there to sort of heal up her head as much as possible before we handled her. Um, and I think she was just getting given, like, that sugary liquid for a tube um, in her yeah. nose. Yeah, yeah. So she didn't actually get to eat anything until I fed her what small amount of colostrum would have come out um, the next morning. Yeah. And so do they help you do that? Like, what sort of happened there? Um, it was pretty intense. I sort of just um, went over in the morning because we went to um, – we just got transferred into the maternity ward and um, yeah. we had our own room. So we just had a, a sleep without a baby for the night, basically. Yeah. Um, and then got up in the morning and went over there. And they pretty much just picked her up. It was the first time I'd held her and just popped her straight on onto me. And I was like, oh, gosh, okay, I guess I'm, I guess I'm feeding her now. Yeah. Um, yeah, and she, they sort of said, like, she's got quite a big wide open mouth. Like, she was – she was hungry. Mm. Um, so she latched on straight away really easily, which was great because after everything that had happened, I couldn't think of yeah. anything worse than struggling trying to learn how to breastfeed. Um, yeah. So I sort of just popped her on some pillows and just sat there with her and let her let her do her thing. Yeah, yeah. And how did that feel? Like you've obviously finally got your baby in your arms and after the initial shock of um... – her sort of being put on you and breastfeeding straight away like did you feel that sense of like oh my baby's finally here when you got to pick her up or yeah I guess how were you feeling then yeah like it was a lot of it was a lot of relief having her and being able to feed her and all that but I was also still Mm. like in quite a lot of shock I think yeah and sort of like giving birth and then not having a baby in your room and then like going in the next morning and being like oh here's your baby I was kind yeah. of like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. But like such a relief that she was okay and um yeah. they were just sort of keeping her in there to monitor her and make sure that um that her head sort of went down because the side of her face was really swollen as well and right. it just yeah, didn't look very nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how long did she end up staying in Skaboo for? Um, she did two nights in Skaboo yeah. and then they gave um her to us. At about lunchtime that following day, uh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, so did of, you um, home then, or what happened next? No. So um, <laughs> when um, we sort of planned, I said to my midwife, "I just want to get in and out. I don't want to stay at the hospital. Um, yeah. Like I like my own space. I just want to go straight home." But obviously, after her being in Skibo and um, the birth, we got stuck in hospital for a couple of days. Um, so we ended up staying in hospital for I think it was six days. Um, because when, after I delivered her, I sort of went, went to Skibo, saw her, got wheelchaired back to the room, um, and got up to go to the toilet. And I was just so dizzy. Like I could not stand. Um, I was sort of like really out of breath. Um, my heart was racing and I just thought, oh, like I just gave birth. Like it's obviously Mm. just, you know, that must just happen. Um, and I couldn't like, I couldn't even get up to go to the toilet. Like, I literally mm. had no strength to get up. Um, but I was just kind of like, oh, I'll just take it slow. Like, I'll, you know, stand up, quickly sit down, and then sort of collect myself, then try and go to the toilet. Um, but I was just, yeah, so weak and, like, felt like I was going to pass out. So I sort of said something to the midwives. Um, 
And they were like, oh, okay, like that's a bit weird. We'll just sort of monitor you. Um, and then, yeah, I just started to get pretty crazy from there because my heart was just racing. So um, they did a whole bunch of tests, uh, blood tests and things on me. And I had a whole bunch of like heart attack markers um, in my blood tests. So mm, they thought okay. that I'd had like some sort of heart trauma um, from the birth or potentially blood clots. Um, so that was pretty scary. If you sort of um, yeah. got a new baby and they're like, oh, you may have had some heart trauma or you've got blood yeah. clots. We don't know. Um, and because it was a long weekend, um, none of the um, like the staff were there or the machines weren't on and yeah. it was just so hard to get any of the testing done to find out what was actually wrong, um, mm. which was crazy to think. You think being a hospital, it just you're in hospital, it would just be there. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, yeah, so basically I think it was called troponin levels that was super high, um, which is like indicative of heart trauma or blood clots. So they kept on yeah. testing me for that and they were going down, but they were still really high. Um, so then they decided that they wanted to do a CT scan on my chest, um, which I just thought, okay, you know, it's like a, like getting an X-ray, like cool, get that done. And then they'll be to tell me if I do have them or not. Um, not knowing, um, about the radiation exposure that, um, yeah. comes with a CT scan. So, the um, radiology department and the gynecology department were sort of fighting over whether or not I should have a CT scan done because um, when you've just had a baby, your breast tissue is super active. So yeah. the risk of um, things like breast cancer as a result of the radiation exposure is quite high. Right. Um, yeah, so I sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place there mm. with them being like, do you want the CT scan? It might give you breast cancer later in life. Um, but we can tell you if you have blood clots or there was the option of having um, another kind of scan that wasn't as good um, at finding what we wanted to find um, and it was less radiation. But then the risk was that if I did that and it didn't show what they wanted to find, I might have to have a CT scan anyway. Yeah, um, yeah so basically we were just sitting there trying to think, oh, gosh, do we actually go ahead with the scan or like what, what do we do? Um, so, yeah, the emotions were all over the show off that one. Um, yeah. And we decided to do the CT scan in the end. So I had um, had that done and had all the dye run through my body and they put sort of like a, um, a blocker um, piece over my chest when they did the CT scan to try and limit um, the radiation exposure. Yeah. Um, and then that came back uh, negative for blood clots, which was great. Yeah. But I was still... Not right, so I still had all the um, all the heart issues and like I think my heart rate was going up to about one fifty just from standing. <laughs> so um, so then they were like, okay, we still don't know what's wrong. We're going to hook you up to a telemetry machine, which is um, you get like a little a little side backpack thing with a little machine mm-hmm. in it, and they sort of hook up all these chest pieces onto you so they can monitor your heart twenty four seven. So if anything, um, if my heart races, then the doctors would ring and be like, what are you doing? Um, like, and it was basically just me getting up and walking or going to the toilet or grabbing Millie or doing anything like that. Yeah. That was sending it through the roof. Um, so that's why we got stuck in hospital a little bit longer. Um, and given it was a long weekend, everything was just taking so long to get into. Um, cause after they did the CT scan and found nothing, they were like, okay, we now want to do an echo on your heart, which is like a heart ultrasound basically. Um, 
So I had to wait for that another day. Um, got that done. Again, there was nothing. So they were kind of like, oh, we think you just got um, a bit of trauma from the birth and it's just sort of sent your heart through the roof. Mm. Um, like everything physically looks fine. So that's okay, um, which was great. So we were, I thought we were in the clear to go home. So I was like, yes, I packed my bag. Yeah. I had it all sitting on the bed ready to go. <laughs> and then they came in They came in and weighed Millie and she was, um, she had dropped quite a bit of weight from her birth weight. Um, and they said, you're not going home. Um, she needs to put on some more weight. And I just burst into tears because I was like, you've got to be joking. Like, I've been in here for five days. Um, so she, um, I think the limit for them dropping birth weight is 10%. And she had lost 10.3. So mm. I was like, it's 0.3 of a percent. Like, all I'm going to do here is feed her as much as I possibly can. Yeah. And then you're going to come back in the morning and weigh her. So I just said to, I rang my midwife and I said, look, this is what's happened. Um, I really, really want to go home. I'm like so upset being here. Um, will you come to my house tomorrow and weigh her there? And she's yeah. like, absolutely, like, that's what you want to do. Like, you're probably going to do a better job of feeding her because you'll be in your own space. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. no stress of the hospital. Um, and then, worst case, we can come back if you have to. And I was yeah. like, okay, great. I'm going to go home. So I um, I actually had to self-discharge from the hospital because they didn't want me to leave um, because of her birth weight. So I got all signed off for my things, and then it was just Millie that was um, that was holding us in the hospital. So... Yeah, we just made the decision to um, go home and just focus on feeding as much as possible um, yeah. until the next day. So that was yeah. very stressful again after all the, yeah. all the gosh, you're all and, Yeah, yeah, but um, so we got home in the end, which was great. Yeah, and how did you find like that feeding sort of night, and what happened in the next few days? Um, so the feeding was pretty intense. Um, like, gosh, breastfeeding is such a right. Um, so we sort of just um, got her all set up in her bassinet and I just fed her as much as possible all night. So I set an alarm for every couple of hours to wake myself up um, and just feed her again. And because it was taking so long for each feed because she was so exhausted, um, you're sort of getting, gosh, an hour at max of sleep time, probably, probably more like half an hour in between each feed. <laughs> So we just yeah made sure we could just get as much into her as possible so that she put on a little bit of weight. Um, yeah. And then in the morning, my midwife came over again and she um, got down to, I think it was 9.7 um, yeah. loss, which is yeah. obviously still a lot of weight loss, but it was a gain, so, which was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we didn't have to go back to the hospital, which was my main, um, my main thing I didn't want to do. Yeah. So then it was just, yeah, a big feeding frenzy over here to try and get her back up to her, um, <laughs> her birth weight. Yeah, yeah. And how did that go? Like, obviously, you're still trying to recover from your birth as well. How did you find all of this like, extra pressure for her to put on weight and all that sort of stuff? Um, it was pretty horrible, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Like, it was stressful. Um, yeah. We had um, – our mid-off was great, and we, like, absolutely loved her. And she also had a family emergency and had to um, stop um, – well, take a little break, I think, um, for a couple of weeks – so we actually lost our original midwife on probably the day after we got home. So then we were on to our third midwife. <laughs> um, so we had this other lady that I didn't know, and I just didn't feel comfortable um, coming into our home to weigh her all the time, and it was just the pressure was horrible. Um, every day I was like, oh, my gosh, I hope she's put on, like, 
you know, an extra couple of grams. Yeah. And it, yeah, she just got weighed so many times and I think the space yeah. of like two or three weeks, like the middle was coming up every couple of days and I was just like, I'm trying my best, like I can't do anything else. Um, like I'm feeding her so much, like she's eating, she's swallowing, like, yeah, it was just pretty intense to be honest, like trying to get that weight back up. Um, yeah. And she sort of, because Millie was not a small baby, like she was 8.3 pounds when she was born. Yeah. Um, and I sort of like she's she is gaining weight just slowly. Yeah. So yeah, we were just trying to feed her as much as possible to sort of meet those targets. Um, and sort of get get rid of the midwife to be honest. Um, because it was yeah so stressful every day. I was like, oh my gosh, I hope she's eating enough. Like, how much yeah. is she going to weigh when she goes on the scales? Like, yeah. Gosh, I was jumping on the home scales with her to be like, oh, has she put on any weight? Uh, like, I know that feeling. Yeah, it's just so hard. And especially when, like, I think my milk came in on about day five. <laughs> so she hadn't actually had very long um, with some decent milk. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty, pretty full on, to be honest. And then once um, once we'd sort of been through all of that and the midwife had left, um, I went to the first doctor's appointment. And to my surprise, Millie had put on a lot of weight. Yeah. So I think it was just... Um, the stress of having that sort of constant weighing and um, yeah. just all that pressure was yeah. sort of making me stress and then making me not produce what I should be producing. And, like, I was taking all of the things to try and get it up and it just was yeah. not happening. And then the yeah. minute I just relaxed and fed her and didn't have to get weighed every couple of days, she started putting on, like, a lot of weight, which was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how did you, like, recover mentally from all of this? Like, it's a lot to go through um, during your birth and then all of this pressure afterwards. Like, I feel like sometimes you feel like you're just trying to survive as a newborn parent anyway. (laughs) So, yeah, I guess how did you process all of that that was going on and did you start to enjoy it more after that? Yeah, I think um, it definitely was a lot to process and I think I sort of just shoved it to the side and just got on with it. Like, yeah. I sort of like I feel like everyone talks about how emotional you are uh, sorry emotional you are and all that sort of stuff and I just didn't have that and I thought okay I'm just like sort of myself just carrying on like getting things done basically um so I sort of didn't really think too much about what had happened until a little bit later on um where I was sort of like oh that was actually quite intense like the birth was pretty pretty full on um but Millie was so good like she um she was sleeping like enough, which was nice, and we're, I was still mm. getting a bit of rest. Um, like we did a lot of contact napping and things like that. But um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it pretty much from the get go. Other than having to um, wait for the feeds, I think that was the only yeah. thing that I was sort of stressed about. Like everything else was fine. We sort of um, yeah, like made sure we were getting out of the house like real early on, and just doing things with her and learning as much as possible. Yeah. Rather than just sort of being housebound and not um, not really getting out and things like that, yeah. so I think that was good. We just made the decision to just go and get a coffee or go and go for a walk or just do something to sort of get your normal day back, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And how did you physically recover from your birth? Like quite a um, traumatic sort of physical experience. So yeah, how did you find yeah. that recovery? Um, pretty hard to be honest. Like. It's sort of, I guess, because this was my first baby, so I sort of just thought, oh, yeah, everything's going to hurt for how long? Um, yeah. 
their physiology was pretty rough, to be honest. That sort of took yeah. at least eight weeks to heal, like to even yeah. slightly heal. It was still yeah. incredibly painful for that whole time. Um, and I also had um, my tailbone was so sore and I just didn't yeah. know because everything else hurt so bad that I was just sort of like, oh, yeah, that must just be that, you know, some pain in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I ended up going to a chiropractor for that and he um, – he helps takes with the pain for the tailbone and you're sort of sitting so much at home when you've got a baby, like you're on the couch all day feeding or mm. you're sort of always sitting on that, on that tailbone. So it was pretty sore um, yeah. with all that. But um, yeah, and I went to a woman's health physio as well to get checked out um, just for, kind of for peace of mind. And because I'd had that episiotomy and all that sort of trauma that went on, I was like, Oh, I'll go and see what she thinks and get checked for all of that, which was, um, which was good. I definitely recommend doing that if it's um if it's within your means. Yeah. Like it is quite expensive, which is a shame. Yeah. Like it should be funded, but um yeah. definitely a good thing to do if you can. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, more of that will become funded as yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. That like birth injuries and things that aren't covered. Like it's it's a lot. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And how old is Millie now? Uh, she turned four months old yesterday. <laughs> awesome. And how are you going? Like, I guess, have you taken time to process your birth and you sort of talked around it being like quite traumatic? Have you taken the time to process that and like done anything that sort of helped you with that? Or do you feel like it's not something that you've done yet? Um, I think I sort of like had a good think about it and sort of come to terms with sort of what happened. And I now know going into the next one, what I didn't do that I would do next time and things like that and mm. to sort of try and limit the stress around um everything that happened. Like I think knowing knowing how to push and knowing like what's going on with your body makes it a lot easier going forward. But I do think yeah. that um next baby if I do get induced will definitely bring a bit of a bit of that trauma back, to be honest. Yeah. 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 Hopefully um <laughs> You sort of have the opportunity to talk that through with, you know, whoever your midwife might be as well at the time, like what's important to you and yeah, how your last journey sort of impacted that. Yeah. Awesome. And is there anything that you want to add that we haven't sort of covered in your story so far? After we um had come home and I think it had been about three weeks, I started to get like quite a lot of issues going to the toilet. Um, mm. So basically after the birth, like, you do your first poo and everyone talks about how scary it was and I just found it fine. I was like, oh, great, that one's tipped off, like not worrying about it at all. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it just sort of started to really get bad and I was like, is this normal? Like I don't know what what's going on. Um, yeah. And so I did a bit of research and found out that I had um, a fissure um, and possibly hemorrhoids as well and it was the worst pain of my life. Like it was so bad. Um, yeah. And it just, it's not really talked about. And I found it so hard to sort of find, like, any information online that was um, helpful. Yeah. So I just, I had no idea what to do. And it was just like, I was like, is this normal? Like, this pain is so bad. I said to my partner, like, I would rather push her out again than go through what yeah, I'm going through now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was, it was horrific. And I just think, like, it just does not get talked about. And people just sort of live with it. Like, I didn't do anything about it for probably about a month. Yeah. You know, and it was just yeah, I didn't expect like I kinda knew that that could happen, but I didn't know it would be as bad as it was. 
Yeah. And um, did you do, like, did you get anything that helped it or did, it, was it just time? Like, what was the sort of diagnosis and next step? Well, I've, I've still got it now. So I still, like, I still deal with it now. So it's been ongoing right. for so long. Yeah. Um, but I did go to the doctors in the end and got given um, some sort of, I think it was like a cream um, that you use, and that did, yeah. that one didn't work, so I got another one, um, and that did work eventually, but a lot of it was just um, making sure I drank like a lot of water and yeah. using a stool to go to the toilet, and um, I had to watch what I was eating um, a lot, which was horrible when you're just trying to <laughs> survive yeah. and eat whatever you want but um yeah. yeah the gosh the recovery from that was so much worse than um from mm. having a baby and I was just so shocked because I thought oh you know like you've just had a baby that's going to be the most painful thing to recover but no it was it was the what I believe was the fissure that was yeah. causing me all the pain it was just yeah it, there was no information on it it was so hard to find anyone yeah to sort of know like anyone that had been through the same thing that was talking about it kind of thing. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I just think that's, that's one thing I was so not expecting and everything yeah. with my birth was fine. Like I didn't have any when I was pregnant. Um, and then, yeah, just after the birth, from, I think from pushing so hard, it just, yeah. yeah, I, I was stuck with those for so long and it just took so long to heal and it was so much pain. I couldn't even sit down. Mm, yeah 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 I do think it's really important I've had a couple of people but not heaps um talk about on the podcast but it's really good to sort of normalize it right because it more means that more people are likely to go and get help yeah like I just had no one to talk to about it and I was like oh my gosh what is going on like and I sort of went to the doctor and she didn't really like have a good look or refer me on or anything Mm. like that and I just sort of battled away with it for so long um yeah yeah, like if you can, definitely try and get like a specialist appointment or yeah, es- escalate it because it is yeah. so yeah. horrible to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm sure that that'll be a really useful tip for someone. So yeah, thank you. absolutely. Like, definitely need more people talking about it because that's one thing I just did not expect yeah. to have to go through. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, thank you, Danielle. I've really enjoyed talking to you today. Um, And, yeah, I know, like I said, there'll be so many others out there who enjoy your story. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks so much. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.